0: Well, a very good morning. You're welcome along to the gardening show. Good morning, Portia. You hear that? We'll see that weather. Did you? Good morning. Oh, yeah. the weather's absolutely beautiful <laughs> out there at the moment. A Nice breeze in it as well and uh, the weather's going to be promised right up to at least Tuesday or Wednesday. So great gardening weather right through the weekend.
1: Yeah, you were in uh, bloom, as you said a little bit earlier, and uh, you were telling me about some of the trends. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, huge amount
0: of trends this year. 19 gardens in total, Viv. I think the kind of standouts for me were, you know, that definitely going back to that cottage garden theme. Huge amount of cottage garden plants, the old foxgloves and alliums and Lupins, of course, in flower, and um, so that was really trending very strongly. Also, a, a, a big focus on edible gardens. So there was one garden devoted. To, it was called the Organic. A garden and it was all the plants on it were actually edible. Board B have done a brilliant job as well in terms of a, a lovely display area of Irish growing potatoes and and vegetables and pak choi and all that from the Irish growers. That that was very spectacular as well.
1: And uh, you were telling me about that letter you got during the week. So it was a bit of a project there, is there?
0: Yeah, during the week we got a, a letter in. I got a letter in, uh, in into the radio station um, addressed to pori Corkin, but once I opened it up, it said, "Dear Jerry." <laughs> <laughs> So, throwback to our good friend Jerry Daly, but yeah. um, it was really advice from uh, uh, somebody that was new into gardening and they have a garden that they want some ideas on. So I'm going to take a look at that during the week, and we'll feature it next week. Okay. And and just the various components that the listener wants to, some advice on what to do with the garden.
1: And then, of course, a lot of questions in over the weeks about roses. We really haven't tackled roses. No, so we, we do, do that. It, we we might
0: might do that. Roses are coming. have, have come into flower. They're, they're stunning at the moment. This warm weather will suit them really well. My advice really for people is just keep an eye on the aphids and, and you know put on the mm-hmm. treatments at least um, once a month and uh, feed roses now at least once a month at this time of year. And once they start to go over, just keep dead heading right through the summer and they keep on flowering. And of course, it's still really good weather for planting roses.
1: Okay, so we'll talk about that. And how many more weeks have we left?
0: We've about five more weeks, I think. Okay. We finish on the first week of July, so we have another couple of weeks yet.
1: Okay, so now today we're going to be talking about five key plants.
0: Yeah, well, June June is always the June bank holiday I always associated. You know, summer has really come in with a bang. The weather is absolutely brilliant. And if you want a bit of instant colour in your garden, there's no risk of frost from now on. Soil conditions are really good at the moment. So it's great planting conditions. And uh, many of the summer flowering plants are just showing that first splash of colour. So it's a great planting weekend. Plants like dahlias, the lovely double dahlias, they're, they're spectacular at the moment. And of course, dahlias are one of my favourite uh, plants of all because they flower for such a long period right up until the first week of November. So even if you just plant a bed of dahlias, you're going to get colour right through to the end of the summer. I brought you in a couple of plants. Here are two of my favourites, and these were featured at Bloom this year. These are the diasia range, the outdoor Diasia which are lovely in terms of if you just want to splash a colour in a border bed or rockery. They only grow about a foot in height but up to about a foot and a half in diam- diameter and they start flowering now and go right through again until the end of October. So this is an orange variety called Diamond Dark Orange. It's, it's, lovely, it's the Diasia it? And it comes in this lovely fuchsia colour as well, which is nearly bordering on a purpley red colour. Yeah. Really, really cerise pink, a really dark pink colour. And um, Dyaceas are great and very long flowering. Begonias, of course, begonias are great because irrespective of the summer we get, whether it's warm or wet, begonias just continue to flower and they come in a whole range of different colours and it's a great time to plant them. If you want something to come back year after year, and again, this was a big feature at Bloom this year, salvias, the, the perennial salvias, and um, there's a, a load of different varieties but and different colours as well. And they, if you plant now, they're in flower, but they'll continue again right through to the end of the summer. Another favorite of mine is one called Coriopsis, which has, it's called the tick flower, and it, or tick seed often, and it produces this lovely yellow flower, really bright double yellow flower right through the summer, Coriopsis. And both the salvia and the Coriopsis come back year after year.
1: What's this one called again? It's beautiful. The diamond,
0: that's the Diacea, yeah. So diacea. that's the di- Diamond Fuchsia. That's really nice. D-I-A-S-C-I-A. One of the plants that we featured in the Seaside Garden last week was a plant called Primula vivillii, And it's just starting to flower now. It's in the primula family. It's a perennial. comes back year after year. And it's got this beautiful blue, kind of a purpley blue and reddish flower on a spike. And again, it just continues to flower right through the summer. And um, so look I'm for just that. Just getting
1: back to that. Remember that plant that had the stem on it? Yes,
0: the hydrangea. The, yeah. the half a standard.
1: Of, a lot of people asked, "What was that?" They were asking me during the week. So, that, so
0: that's a that's a particular. One fellow
1: said he'd, he'd heard of it, but he'd never <laughs> seen it.
0: <laughs> so it w- so this was one of the the um, hydrangeas. Um, it it a beautiful variety. Uh, it grown on a on a stem. So you've got a nice clean stem for about two feet, maybe three feet, and then the big bush of hydrangea flowers on top. So ideal in a pot. Can container. we planted it actually in a border and we planted plants like the diocea in underneath it so you've got the colour right at the base, you've got the clean stem and you've got the profusion then of hydrangeas uh, flowers and the particular variety we have starts white and changes then to pink as we go through the summer. It'll only grow about a metre in height or maybe 1.2 metres so about 4 feet. Ultimately you prune it back in the winter and it comes back into flower again. Beautiful plant and it flowers for up to 5 months. A really nice plant. A line
1: of those would be fantastic. Say If you had 5 or 6 of them. A li- a in a lot, line and
0: underplant them yeah. with lower plants like yeah. say dwarf anthraniums or begonias or something like that would be lovely underneath them. Um, really nice. Speaking of anthraniums, the snapdragon, this is the time of year to plant them as well. So look, my advice is there's loads of colour in garden centres at the moment. Soil conditions are perfect for planting and the weather, the sun over the next couple of days is just going to bring plants now into full flower. Do keep an eye on the slugs. They're still very active. If you've got plants in pots and containers, use the copper tape that works really well you'll get that in your local garden center it's like a roll of sellotape you simply put the copper tape around the top of your pots so if you've got your favorite hosta or any particular plant that few, uh, slugs particularly like put the copper tape around them that'll protect them or use the organic treatments the garlic wonder I'm using that at the moment. I've used it for the last number of weeks and I'm finding it terrific on all my hostas in particular that are in the ground. It's a simple liquid. You mix it in water, apply it with a sprayer or watering can on a dry day like today and that'll keep the hostas. I treated mine about three weeks ago and they're still absolutely perfect. So I'm going to do that job today in my own garden, get on the garlic wonder uh, again. Garlic wonder is also very effective for carrots. If people have a patch of carrots and you want to keep the carrot root fly away, Mix up some garlic wonder, you'll get it in your local garden centre. It's a liquid, you mix it in water, in a watering can, and apply it as a drench onto cabbage, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, anything in the cabbage family, but also anything in the carrot family uh, that carrot root fly can be a problem with, parsnips and carrots in particular. But I'm going to be using it on my hostas, they're spectacular this year, and there isn't, a, there isn't one nibble out of the leaf on any of them. Uh, so I'm
1: delighted with them. Can I ask you a quick question? Go on. Okay. Is it normal for lilac trees to lose their flowers within two weeks of planting? And also this listener has planted as sunflowers and they're all eaten.
0: Well, look, at I mean, you're going to see um, the the weather up to now has been quite cool and showery. And that's the perfect weather for slugs and snails to be attacking plants like sunflowers and many bedding plants as well. And that's why I was saying, you know, a couple of weeks back, start early. Little and often is the way to treat the slugs. I'm finding the garlic wonder, particularly effective but there are plenty of organic pellets. Look for an organic treatment I suppose is my advice yeah. so you can get the organic treatments in your local garden centres. Like? It sounds like slugs and snails on sunflowers they do relish them. Uh, you know the poor slug and snail has to eat as well I so know, he's going to eat the sunflowers or your hostess. That, no no it will. A not. small bit of damage of course it will. It depends how much damage has been done yeah. on the plant but if, a small bit of damage on some of the leaves is 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 only temporarily. So Sunflowers are such a vigorous plant if you liquid feed them Apply some slug control with them. They'll bounce back into growth again. So don't don't despair if you see a little bit of slug damage. Um, feed the plants, look after them, and prevent them, and they'll come back up. In relation to the lilacs, lilac are short flowering, and particularly young plants. This is obviously a newly planted yes. lilac. What you're going to find with that particular plant is going to actively grow now. It's going to produce lots of new growth because it's got the freedom of the soil. It may not even flower next year or the year after. So lilacs have this trend: tend to once you they're planted. They go back to their teenage years as it were and they start growing and they don't really settle down to flowering for a couple of years and that's perfectly normal with lilacs and hydrangeas and certain plants it can take them a couple of years to settle down so so they're the key plants Viv I'd be planting you know the, the dahlias the diaceas the begonias the perennial plants that come back every year like the salvias the coreopsis that Primia vivallii but look at this loads of colour available at the moment I suppose my message really is the soil conditions are perfect for planting so use this weekend to get your plants into the ground for plants that are in pots and containers that's the other job I'm going to do today in my own garden I was looking at them last night I can see the soil separating from the side of the pot that's a sure sign that the soil is drying out so I'm going to give everything a really good watering. Remember when you're watering plants in pots, water the soil, not the plant. So really soak the the um, the compost and really wet it and use a liquid feed as well. So make sure you look after, see if you've got camellias or if you've got anything in pots and containers out in the garden. Give them a good, really heavy drench of water at this time of year. Maybe, you know, do it today and maybe repeat it again on the bank holiday Monday and that should see them through then for at least another week. And liquid feed, of course. We're into the time of year where plants are actively growing. So anything like tomatoes or vegetables in the garden, start liquid feeding them now because this is when they're growing. This is when they need their energy. This is, give them their breakfast.
1: Okay, now what I'm going to do is a little bit earlier than normal. I'm going to take a break. Go on, that's right. fine, yeah. And what I want to do is I'm going to go at you with a vengeance, that's right? That's fine. On these no questions, problem. all right. So we'll yeah. be back to the other side in about two minutes' time. And you're very welcome back after the ad break. Now, let's get straight into pork. Asparagus crowns, they're two years old. They grew right. very high and were cut back last year. Excellent. Right. It now, now fern-like leaves are on the sides.
0: Yeah, well, asparagus has that fern-like foliage. So, asparagus, you're using the very young shoots. They're they're normally ready to harvest in April. So, basically, with asparagus, it's a perennial vegetable it's one that will live for certainly up to 15 or 16 years in the ground it does need a couple of years to develop itself a bit like rhubarb so i wouldn't harvest it even after two years you want to leave leave it at least three years so what you're doing is really at the moment is liquid feeding asparagus keeping them really well watered building up the foliage and building up the strength of the plant and i wouldn't start cropping those asparagus until next uh, march and april
1: Okay, I have a picture here. And I just uh, apologies, the picture is not the clearest. It's a, of a Hebe, I think. Okay. Uh, this year, it's a plant of two halves. One side is healthy, the other side has gone pure brown right. and leggy. So I have two questions. Should I trim off the brown and crop the plant back? How do I help it recover? And two, I'd like to move it. Will I lose it if I try? If I move it, when is the best time? Many thanks. So there's okay, the so brilliant. There's a brilliant question. There's, there's your, the hebe. There, yes. there. So you can see
0: it's green on one side and brown on the other. Yeah. Maybe maybe due down to um, the wind we had yeah. this year, although hebe's tolerate the wind quite well. Um, it could be physical damage, but the listeners actually answered their own question. The correct question, treatment here is to cut back anything that's brown because hebes are in full growth at the moment. So prune all the brown wood back, give the green growth uh, a trimming back as well, cut it back by maybe six or eight inches, but not into too old of wood. So go back about six inches on the plant, give it a good feed this time of year, and we should be feeding shrubs at this time of year now with the Osmo Pro 6, and uh, move it in November. So move it next November. November. And what the listener can do is, when they replant it, put obviously the green side out towards the, you know, from, the, from the, that visual view. from the wind, yeah. Yeah, well, to- hebes do tolerate the wind uh, quite well, so it's in a very, very exposed spot. You could get some browning, yeah. uh, but, you know, just reposition it so the healthy side is it's facing, facing out. out. But the pruning and feeding will encourage it back into full mm-hmm. growth again.
1: Well, that was Caroline. Thank you for all the photographs, Caroline. They're absolutely brilliant. Now, is it possible to grow chilies and peppers in Ireland? I have a large greenhouse with tomatoes Great. and basil growing at the moment. Uh, we would love to try something different. Are plants now available? Uh, or would you are. go from seed? No, no, how would you work no, no,
0: seed is too late for chilies and peppers at this stage. All right. Fave. So go to your local garden centre. They'll have maybe eight inch to two feet high chilli and pepper plants. The fruit will actually be on them already. Get yourself a couple of those. Put them into the tunnel. Liquid feed them once a week as we should be doing with tomato at this time of year and you'll have chilies right through until October up, often up into November you can also grow chilies and peppers actually on your windowsill uh-huh. so if you just want something just like a house plant you can grow a chilli plant literally on your windowsill and keep picking it right through the summer Chilies and peppers particularly the chilies, you get a second and even a third year from them if you protect them from frost so great time to plant them
1: uh, Just a general question a listener wondering Hi Porches have you vegetable plants and uh, are they in stock? Okay. Yeah there's a
0: range of vegies in, in at the and moment,
1: and you can continue to
0: start sowing so vegetable plants and seed. It's not too late to sow the seed as well. Remember, I said this before. Right up to the end of July, you can start the sowing of seed. For example, kale at the moment, Viv. This is the time to plant kale plants. You get the black kale and the green kale, and um, if you plant them now, you'll have kale right through, even right through the winter, if you keep cropping it right through the season. How
1: often should you plant?
0: Well, if 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 it's um, say something like kale, generally, if you plant every three to four weeks, you you have got cropping right through until the next spring. But it's still a great time to plant vegetable plants and seed. Don't forget
1: the seed. Okay, how do I propagate cuttings from my lav- lavateria and hydrangea plants? Now, will I leave them outside, or should I root them on the windowsill indoors? And what Wind, compost would you will be use? ideal yeah, what yeah.
0: so get yourself a multi purpose compost get a little bag of perlite mix the two together 50 50 mix for a nice gritty mix And for cuttings, that's really the mix to use. So half perlite, half compost. Just explain what perlite does. So perlite is a white material. It's actually a volcanic ash. You'll buy it in any local garden centre, perlite or vermiculite. And really what it does, it opens up the structure of the compost. It gives it that nice gritty mixture, adding air down to the stem. Ah, And that encourages the rooting of plants. So in a small pot... Put, mix uh, the perlite and, and compost 50-50. Have the compost moist but not too wet. Get a little tub of rooting powder. you get that in your local garden centre. And this time of year is a great great time of year to take the cuttings of many plants, fuchsias, so, hydrangeas. Like physically, how do you do that? So you, you take the cutting about six inches long, generally about pencil thickness and pencil length. No wood. So No wood. It'll be a lot of young growth at this yes, time. So year. Okay. Nice, green, healthy wood. Um, take off any lower leaves off the cutting yeah. and pinch out the top of the growing point. So just take a simple half inch of the, to- the top growth. So yes. all you're leaving is a, a naked stem with one or two leaves right at the very top. Dip them in the rooting powder, insert them into the... Do you cut them at an angle or... No, no, you, no, you, know, you, you cut know, them straight across yeah, okay. at what we call a node and uh, dip them into the rooting powder, insert them into the mixture of compost and perlite and cover with a polythene bag, something like a butcher's bag, you know, the meat bag, the white milky bag. Cover them over with that. Now in a small small pot the size of a coffee cup, you'll fit 10 to 12 cuttings, no problem. You can actually have them quite close together and pop them on your windowsill. It's a perfect place or in your greenhouse or in your tunnel, somewhere bright, um, sheltered uh, you know sheltered from the yeah. wind and um, they'll route in about six to eight weeks wow. it's a great time to take cuttings
1: now a listener have uh, has begonias in a tunnel how to tell the difference between the trailing ones and the up flight <laughs> up flight ones what sense? do you think it does yeah
0: so well the listeners nearly answered it themselves yeah. so Begonias come in two types. You've got trailing begonias, which are super for window boxes, hanging baskets. Or you say you had a, a nice raised bed and you wanted something to cascade down over the bed. The trailing begonias are absolutely brilliant. And you you get them in your local garden centre as plants now. Look for um, the variety Illumination. They come in a whole range of different colours and they're absolutely spectacular. And as I said with begonias, irrespective of the wet, the summer we get, whether it's warm or wet, begonias continue to flower to November. I mean, they're right up till the really hard for us. So they're well worth investing in. The listener will know the difference simply because the trailing ones have these arching branches. They're lower to the ground. They'll have a more cascading habit. The upright ones will be more upright. They grow anything up to two feet in height. So you'll, they'll be a little bit more rigid and more upright. So it'll be very distinctive uh, to, to, to see the two. And if the listener wants, they can take a picture of some and send it in on WhatsApp and yeah. I'll, I'll identify them for and them. But it's really, it's self-evident is, is really what I'm saying. And
1: just, as, is there different types of begonias? Because Mick J well, is wondering about different types. Well, there's
0: different in, in that you get the, the double flowering upright yeah. types, which are super in pots, containers, under the hydrangea, that standard hydrangea you were talking about earlier on, that'd be lovely for that upright height. And then the trailing ones are brilliant for that cascading effect. So say you had a big old pot, a tall pot, and you wanted something to, to grow about a foot high but to cascade out over the edge of the pot are the old black skillet pots. The cascading begonias are absolutely beautiful. Or if you have a large pot, you can put the double begonias right in the centre and the cascading begonias at the edges to to fall down over the edge of the pot. So you can actually grow a whole pot of different types of begonias.
1: And you can get those pots with the sides, the whole. You can, the sides.
0: and you can pop them in. The trailing ones would work really well yeah. as well. And you can mix the trailing begonias and the double begonias with regular bedding, with regular marigolds or petunias or trailing lobelia or whatever. Pop into your local garden centre; they'll have them available at the moment that we are going just both the upright and the trailing forms. You they're in flower already.
1: Do you remember when we were down, down at your garden and uh, we were doing that insert yes. there a few weeks ago and I noticed that you had this big like a, a rectangular pot with strawberries in it. I yeah. thought that was a fabulous They're actually idea. in full
0: flower and, and they're forming the fruit already so that was simply a, a large pot that I have on the patio. It's there for many years and it's just full of strawberries. And um, So they don't go over,
1: uh, down the garden. Exactly, and, and, and it keeps them contained. Yeah.
0: The pot is about eighteen inches above the ground, so you know you don't have any problems with cats or dogs or, or whatever with them. And the fruit hangs over the edge of the pot, so it helps yeah. to keep the pot clean. Now, they don't last in my... A bit like what Barry was telling to us with Nora, that their strawberries don't last in my house as well. As soon as they're red, the guys in them hoovered. <laughs> The <laughs> yeah. So I have a few sneaky ones in in a couple of hanging <laughs> baskets, you know, for myself. Know
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And you definitely won't be getting them to go and water them for you, just in case. no, I won't. No, no.
0: But yeah, if if people have strawberries again, once the fruit starts to form, which will be in the next week or so, yeah. um, when you see the green fruits, that's the time to liquid feed them and keep them. You know, a feed once yeah. a week that's going to bring them bring them on.
1: Now, a listener has a camellia and has not flowered for a few years. I okay. have the correct compost.
0: Great.
1: Uh, Sorry, have I? I think it is. And and have fertilized it. So you need... So they have done all that. Yeah, so
0: they need the ericaceous compost and ericaceous feed. And the key thing at this time of year, like camellias have finished flowering now, you're not going to get any bloom on them this year. The critical thing for camellias, rhododendrons and azaleas in people's gardens, they've bloomed for the last couple of weeks and rhododendrons may be still in bloom in some gardens at the moment. The key thing is to start feeding them now. You're building them up for next year. So get yourself an ericaceous feed or even a tomato feed is very good for them and feed them again about once every every 10 to 14 days. So about every two weeks, right through the summer period because they'll initiate their flower buds in October of this coming year. And that's where the flowers will be carried next year.
1: Okay, what are the best shrubs, not flowers, uh, to grow for all year round colour in pots? No. Oh, your so shrubs! There you shrubs. Not, shrubs. Not, not well, not some large.
0: of the evergreen shrubs, Pittosporums, for example, are, are a fabulous family of of, uh, of evergreen shrubs. I have quite a good few of them in, in my own garden. There's a lovely one called Tom Tom, which is beautiful at the moment. It makes a big ball of purple foliage, but at this time of year, the young growth is this beautiful apple green colour. So you get that contrast between the light green of the new growth and the really dark purple of the older foliage. So they're lovely at the moment. I also have uh, Pieris katsuru, which is beautiful at the moment. It's got a beautiful red foliage. And again, it's an evergreen shrub as well. There's lots of lovely evergreen um, euonymus. Parahibi is a lovely one. If you want something small, evergreen leaves and white flowers that start now and flower right through to the end of summer. My advice really is pop into your local garden centre. There's loads of really good Um, There's a lovely Hebe called Hebe Pagii, which has got bluey green leaves, very low growing, white flowers in the summer, and beautiful, say in a rockery or in a large pot if you want something to cascade out over the edge. So my advice really, there's lots that the listener can actually put in.
1: Sorry, I've got my microphone up. Margie is on. She said, is it possible to grow dwarf dahlia plants? They flower for so long, but I can only sow my plants in pots and tubs on the patio. Yeah. So I need shorted dwarf plants. Will they flower until September they will, as we longer. have a family occasion? Oh, they'll,
0: they'll be spectacular in, in September, Margie. Um, so go for the dwarf dahlias. They actually have started flowering. So pop again into your local garden centre. The dahlias are absolutely spectacular at the moment. There are varieties that will only grow a foot in height, yeah. but fill out a foot in diameter. So three or four in, in, a, in a pot will work really well. And by September, dahlias are probably at their very best Uh, because they flower till November. So as long as Margie deadheads them, takes off the old flowers, keeps it liquid fed and keeps the slugs off them. So again, if they're in pots, use the copper tape around the edge of the Marjorie and you won't have any problems with slugs and you won't have to put any pellets down or anything like that. So get the dailies
1: in this weekend how do i get rid of mare's tail on stone
0: <laughs> <laughs> well mare's tail look it, mare's tail has been around so prehistoric times it's been uh, the traditional weed killers like roundup are not effective on it because it's full of a thing called silica so if you ever pull mare's tail it's it's a it's it's kind of sandy, nearly gritty in texture. Yeah. So the traditional weed killers don't work on it. And um, if you want to use a weed killer, the the one that you'll find effective is Dycofar, which we normally use in oh, the yeah. lawns. Yeah. But to be honest, I've a bit of mares tail in the garden, and I get out the garden hoe to it, and I just keep hoeing it back, and you you eventually it'll it'll start to weaken and diminish, and they will always have a little bit of it. But if you keep on top of it, you can keep it maintained. So the Wolf Garden hose, the is the my favourite implement in the garden, and it'll be going for a spin this weekend. Will I can you tell you that, that. Again, it's a Wolf garden hoe. So it's a garden hoe that's made by Wolf, and yeah. in, it's German made. Yeah. I have it at least sixteen years. Yeah. Same, same. It's it's a head and handle that just yeah. slots in together, and uh, it's terrific for controlling weeds in the garden uh, without the use of weed killer. So I use it in the veg garden. So it's actually you just it just slides over the over the ground. And it cuts the weeds just up beneath the soil level. So it scuffles out the weeds in through your shrub beds and borders or things. So, you know, and even in gravel, I use it in the I have a gravel driveway as you know, and if there are weeds there, I'll just give it a whoosh. the And is of, it on
1: a rotation?
0: No, no, it's on a simple the next time you're down there, I'll show it to you. It's it's roughly um the blade is about, I suppose, six inches in diameter. There's got a, it's got a blade at the front and a blade at the back. So as you as you push it forward and put, pull it back, it actually cuts the weeds. And it just it just goes right. About in, a half an inch beneath the soil, and it's it's constantly cutting the weeds at that level. So you just push it mechanically. Oh. It's a great way to get your th- ten thousand steps in. It's a great oh, no. workout, but it's not it's not too physical. When mm-hmm. I was in the Mallow Show, I brought it with me. Uh, you know, I was in the Mallow Show last yes. weekend. I, I gave three talks, and I brought the Wolf uh, Garden Hole with me. Year old, wolf. sixteen year old, and I was telling them about Trigger. Remember Trigger in Fools and Horses? He Adel- got a a prize. Oh, yes. for his brush. Yeah.
1: So I <laughs> <laughs> ten different handles. Of ten, trend, yeah. trend, trend. I yeah. have
0: still the same handle and head on uh-huh. the on the door, and that was the point I was making to them. Yeah. They, they'll get if you invest in one, you'll a have a right f- good one. Yeah. You'll have it for twenty years and look for that particular one. It's German made. It's stainless Wolf. steel. Wolf W O L F. Yeah. Um, but make sure you get the long handle, the long timber handle. The handle is about one point four meters because when you're using the hoe in the garden, the long handle makes it just so much easier to, yeah. to glide it across the surface of the soil. So that's what. I use my own garden rather than using weed killers.
1: Okay, good morning. Can a rosebush just... Did I answer jo- the
0: question, by the way? What? Did I answer? Oh, still. I did. Did. Yeah, yeah, did. Yeah.
1: did. You're a good boy. Uh, good morning. Can a rosebush, uh, Just Joey, be moved now?
0: No. So the moving of plants, if you've got plants in pots and containers, yes, you can. There's no problem. Give them good heavy soaking and, and transplant them. That's no problem. But plants are, are actively growing in the soil. Uh, if you just if you lift them now, you're going to disturb them and damage them. So leave them alone until November. So enjoy just joy. It's a beautiful orange, kind of a, uh, a burnt orange color. Really nice variety. But my advice is to leave it until November. Prune it at that time of year and transplant it.
1: Okay, I'm looking to sow a new lawn at my new home. It's Great. approximately four hundred square yards. Wow. Yeah. Now what is the best lawn seed mix to use and any special treatment needed? Is this a good time to sow lawn seed? And what other things would somebody, like you've obviously got topsoil or whatever put down on the grass, but like is there anything to sort of say pre-prepare?
0: Yeah, so the first thing is make sure that the, the, um, if there's any vegetation there, any weeds, grass, Weeds that are there, get rid of those first of all, because you don't want to be just digging and burying those up. They're just going to come back through the lawn again. So try to get as much of the existing vegetation eliminated. Use, you could use the Weed Free 360. That's a proprietary weed killer that can be used that doesn't contaminate the soil. Okay. So it'll kill any grass and weeds that are there, um, because generally they're too heavy to hoe out, or it's particularly in this area, it's 400 square meters. It's, it's quite a large area. So apply the Weed Free 360. Again, a day like today would be ideal. That'll con- control and kill off any existing perennial weeds that might be there dig over the soil or rotate the soil make sure that you firm the soil down and take out any debris so if there's any old stones or bits of wood or bits of roots rake those out as much as possible make sure the soil is firm so when you walk on it, you leave a footprint, but you won't be sinking in any one yeah. area. Yeah. And generally when you're raking the, the soil, you're, you're, you're treading on it and pushing it back down again. So make sure the soil is firm underfoot, then put in a preceding fertilizer. So Osmo Pro 1, it's a granulated feed. You shake it onto the bare soil and then put in the lawn seed. And the reason we put the fertiliser...
1: At the same in, time now? that
0: Yeah, at the, exactly the same day. So you can you can do all of the, the pre-fertiliser and the sowing of the seed on the one day. And you simply rake both into the soil and stand back. And hopefully you get a shower of rain. But the temperatures at the moment, lawn seed will germinate in about a 7 to 10 day period. So if you right. can get your grass sown now. And the critical thing after that is once it's about inch and a half high, you need to get the lawn mower out. Because grass is like the branch of a tree. It'll keep growing vertical, upright, until you, you top it, until yeah. you take the head out of it. So when you look at a newly sown lawn, it looks actually quite bare, even yeah. though you've followed the correct planting instructions. Yeah. But until such time as you actually mow the grass, that what, it's a thing called tillering, The tillering of grass, where it actually starts to rebranch, and so what the lawnmower is effectively doing, Viv, is pruning the top of the of the grass. So once it's about inch and a half, stick on your grass box onto the mower, go out and give it a trim, and trim it then every maybe every ten days, because the more you trim it, the thicker it gets. It also suppresses any weeds. Yeah. Any weeds, because weeds will naturally germinate. There'll always be a certain amount of weed seed there, and if you allow those, so people tend to sow the lawn and then leave it for about a month. But the problem is the weeds are germinating and the lawn is getting long, tall and leggy and it's not beginning to tiller Expand or fill out. Yeah. So regular trimming and that's it really. It's a great Any time of year. feeding
1: afterwards say in the first month? Well,
0: you've already put in the preceding fertilizer. Right, okay. There's enough fertilizer in that to feed it for six weeks. Yeah. So if we sowed today I wouldn't be feeding it again until probably the end of July. You could give it a second feed again. Again, the Osmo Pro one would be ideal. And really what we're doing is we're building the lawn up to be really strong before we get into winter. Like the kids can play By August.
1: I'll tell you what I'm going to now because we've been at this for a while. I'm going to take a little break. Yeah. Okay. And then we'll come back with the final part. Loads of questions in actually on WhatsApp. So we'll get to those when we come back. Now, you are very welcome back to us, Porik, and uh, we're going to get straight into these uh, questions. So, uh, help me with my roses, Helena says. Look at that! Look at the roses.
0: Yeah, the two rose p- pictures there. So, one rose is actually quite okay. There is lots of, of new growth and foliage on it, and Helena just needs to um, just to feed that particular rose. The second rose, go to the yeah. second picture, Viv. Hang
1: on a second.
0: Now. The second picture, the rose has been. You definitely the young growth has been damaged, oh, and it yeah. looks to me like it could be a little bit of weed killer damage. Uh, that might be on it, but so there's
1: mulch all around
0: us, there's mulch all around us, there's yeah. bark mulch there as as well. A lot, quite a lot of dead wood on that particular rose. So I'd remove all the dead wood, Helena. Um, the young, there's there is young growth starting, and if you feed them now, which
1: is the young growth? Is that the red stuff that's there? the young, yeah. the, the red growth oh, roses, okay. get rid of all the other stuff on the there. Yeah, side. many yeah.
0: roses have that beautiful red foliage, uh, as they start kick into growth. But look, we should be feeding roses at least once a month. Um, Helena, so I would feed that now. Maybe feed it in about three weeks' time again, just to give it a second bo- boost. But it's not too late. I mean, there's plenty yeah. of time for roses to come into flower yet.
1: So basically get rid of all the, on all the one, deadwood. All the dead wood. Feed it. Uh, yeah, and then the first one.
0: And the and the first one, same thing, even though that's well ahead of the second uh, picture. Yeah. So that's it.
1: Okay, that sounds good. Yeah. And the nice, I love the mulch actually. The mulch is really good It just
0: either. keeps it tidy and clean yeah. and, and weed, yeah. And
1: now let's have a look uh, what did you recommend for cabbage being attacked? I, I couldn't catch the name of it.
0: Oh, so I was talking about the garlic wonder, um, particularly for the uh, cabbage root fly. Uh, but there's also, you can get a particular uh, treatment for cabbage root fly and carrot root fly. Um, it's it's made by HG, I think, if memory serves me right. But it's a liquid and you just uh, mix it in the water and, and drench it onto the soil. But the, the garlic wonder works really well as well. And I would put that on the, both carrots and cabbage at this time of year.
1: Uh, I think we've probably covered this one. When can I treat my new lawn for weeds? It was sown four months ago. Well,
0: if 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 you're mowing it on a regular basis, that will eliminate quite a lot of the upright weeds. Four months sown, the lawn will be in tip-top condition now. It'll be quite hardy. So you can safely use the Dicofar or any lawn treatment. Um, now, do remember, the bees are visiting the flowers. So if you could leave the treatment for, you know, leave it off for a couple of weeks yet, maybe until the end of June before treating them. Wait for all the, the lawn weeds to finish flowering.
1: Well done to Pori Corkan and the staff in your centre oh, right. in, in Turlock. They are a credit to you, especially the ladies in the woolen mills. Oh ah, yeah, they're here.
0: terrific. Now, Portie,
1: terrific. So, it's nice to hear that. Um now let's have a look. Uh, have a uh, ask So Portie, that's a lilac. Yeah, yeah. the the name of original sweet beautiful fragrance like it's light in colour. Uh, okay, so that's,
0: that's a plant called Syringa vulgaris oh, or, or the common uh, lilac so it's beautiful lovely pink flowers and, and um, it's uh, they, fabulous it's Are scent. they the leaves there? They're the leaves yeah, yeah. It's, it's really healthy flowering well and um, again with lilacs because they're spring flowering you can do a light bit of trimming back if you want once the flowers fade and then give it a good feed as well a high potassium feed like rose feed and that'll help it flower next year
1: Okay so the listeners saying thanks a million for the garlic wonder they weren't too sure about that Okay there. and uh, do I cut back my Montana Clematis Yes, so
0: Montana Clematis so this is Clematis Montana, they've been flowering beautifully for the last month, lovely pink flowers um, and yes, once it finishes flowering this would apply to all spring flowering plants Viv, anything that's been flowering up until June, you prune them immediately after flowering and Montana's quite a vigorous climber so my advice is to uh, give it a trim back now give it a feed and uh, that'll put on some nice new growth on which it will flower next year.
1: Did you see this picture? I did. Will you just explain this picture? So this is a, a yeah, yeah. this
0: is a, gar- a garden feature that the listeners put in. So it it it's a it's made from stone. Yeah. It's like a stone table surrounded by a stone edging. But in the middle, they've got um, a, a border of soil and roughly about I would say a foot or eighteen inches in, in diameter around the table. And yeah. they're looking for something to plant to just to give a splash of color. Now this is where the begonias would excel. If you plant begonias, the the double flowering begonias or the dwarf dahlias that we talked about earlier. Or if you want something to come back every year, the salvias and coreopsis that I mentioned and the anthriniums would be beautiful in this bed as well. You give that cottage garden feel and this is a great time to plant cottage garden plants in general. Like penstemons, for example, are beautiful. Penstemons with their beautiful Red flowers right through the summer, so maybe a mi- mixture of penstemons, coreopsis, some salvia, and indeed you could stick in a couple of begonias and dahlias as well to give that old cottage garden look. And
1: would you put something on top of the I slab?
0: No, I'd leave this oh, <laughs> as, it, as it is, yeah, and just plant around the border so because the soil surrounds the entire bed yeah. and plant it up, it would look spectacular, yeah, it does. It looks it's a lovely, flat. lovely feature. A
1: lot of work went into that. Um, now let's have a look here. We have another one here. Uh, what are those long shoots on my plant? Is it finished, as a listener? No, <laughs> no. So this is a
0: formium. These are the formiums or New Zealand flax. It's, it's going in a pot, in yeah. a large pot. Now, to be honest, my advice really is, yeah. well, yeah, get it into the garden soil. So find a spot in the garden to plant uh, this particular formium. They're the flowering shoots, believe it or not. So they're These the shoots here, the, yeah. so the plant. And because it's in the pot and it's quite restrictive, the plant is, is it has stopped growing effectively and it's producing um, flower heads. Uh, so look, my advice is take it out of the pot, clean and it up it, a little that'll bit.
1: That'll be okay to do. No yeah, problem.
0: absolutely. Plants in pots can be moved at this time of year. Uh, give them a good soaking, dig up the soil, pop them in, give the soil a good soaking after moving them and uh, they'll be perfectly fine. Give them a couple of liquid feeds and they'll keep on growing.
1: Now we have uh, John has been on. He's got this massive shrub. Do you see that big shrub there? I don't know what type of one it is. Okay, and eh? uh,
0: um, what's his question?
1: He wants to know how far can he ch- can he prune sh-
0: yeah. it back? It looks like a, a cotoneaster from here, John. How wide is it? Oh, it must be, what is it? David? 20 feet. It, it must be 20 feet in diameter. Yeah, it's in flower. Yeah. If you can go in close to the shot there, you'll probably see I the white it, flowers yeah, on it. And have, bur-
1: that's close I can get. Yeah, it
0: should bury in the autumn as well. Yeah. Now, the fact that it's in flower, if you cut it now, John, you're going to lose the berries for this year. Um, so if you can, I would leave it alone for this year. Allow it to flower, allow it to bury in the autumn and prune it back then in early spring. And um, you can give it quite a hard trimming back. I mean, you can take a couple of feet off this plant and reduce the overall height and I suppose this is the problem where plants get without if, the, if that was trimmed on an annual basis once a year yeah. um, it would have kept it smaller and more compact so it's on the it's on the driveway it's, it, uh, it's, it's encroaching it's on the, driveway, the driveway, driveway and you can so see the
1: where the green does, like, yeah, there's like they, moss and stuff on the ground yes yeah, so I
0: would it. leave that until next spring until oh. next and January these once
1: here these lighter
0: there that looks like euonymus that it's covering over it's smothering ah, other yeah. plants around it yeah. okay so yeah, yeah, that needs yeah. to be done but not
1: now yeah no, not now you won't get your berries, yeah. Uh, who else has been uh here on to us? Um, let's have a look here now. Good morning, Porrick. Uh, can you name this plant, please? And can I move it? I tried a few years ago and it almost died afterwards. Ooh. Mary, let's have a look. Well, Mary. first
0: of all, Mary, this is not the time to be to move, moving any plant that's in the garden soil, so leave it at the moment. Um, I wouldn't, it's it's Regersii, which is a herbaceous border plant, leave it until um. Again, November. So enjoy it for this year. Leave it till it dies back in November. Plants transplant easier November to, to uh, late February, early March because they're dormant, Viv. They're effectively asleep and you remove them at a time of year when they're not actively growing. So ideally, where plants are in the soil, leave them well enough alone.
1: And she also has, uh, Mary has a, a four-year-old weeping beech tree. Beach, yeah. It appears to be dead. Yeah, we
0: had this oh. question, I think, a couple of weeks back. That, you can see the the naked stems there. There's no These ones here, yeah, yeah. there's no foliage on them. Yeah. So you'll know if the stems are dead because they'll be brittle. Once you touch them and, and, and just, yeah, snap them, they'll break off very, very easily. So if there's no green tissue or green wood or green sap, um, they'll be brittle and if they are just trim those off beech has been late to come into the leaf this year I said that before it's in full leaf now at the moment so a little bit of fertiliser a well a little bit of feeding will help to bring that weeping beech back into good nick keep an eye out as well if you've got beech in your garden for um, white aphid so you'll often see the white aphid on the back of the leaf of beech particularly young beech uh, on mature hedging I wouldn't worry about it, but if it's young beech that was planted in the last three or four years, just check the underside of the leaf. It tends to be a white aphid, and that tends to suck the, suck the sap out of developing beech, and you need to give it a, a, a treatment of bug clear just to remove any aphids that might be on it. Check your lupins as well. Lupins are in full flower. Um, aphids can be a problem. So aphids are, are green fly. And they can, they can be problematic on certain plants, beech in particular, roses, lupins, and keep an eye out for those um, and uh, just take some control. The other thing to keep an eye out at the moment is gooseberry plants. It tends to get the gooseberry sawfly in June. So that's a, a particular caterpillar that basically skeletonizes the, the leaves of it. It eats all the leaves off the gooseberry plants and they become completely naked <laughs> within a couple of weeks. So keep an eye for that. And again, the bug clear treatment will arrest
1: that. Now Michelle has been on to us yep. and she said, I was just wondering, could you ask Porik about golden palm tree hedging? It's been grown for 15 years but now it looks like it has burned and is gone brown. What does he think happened as theirs. <laughs> Been hasn't been any bad frost. Do no. you think it will come back to life again? Yeah, so it's, it's not very,
0: frost damage, it's, it's yeah. simply wind wind damage, Michelle. And we and many, many conifers, lelandii, golden palms, uh, many evergreen plants. I mean, the, even that pittosporum I mentioned in my own garden that was licked with it with the wind, even though it's a wind tolerant plant. It went brown on one side, it has come back perfectly fine again. So, my advice really is you can give the palm tree a light trimming back, anything that's really brown and and dried up that can be lightly trimmed at this time of year and again um, you can apply a, a fertilizer to them like the osmo pro 6 um, and keep it out they're 15 years old so keep it well out to where the branches have spread to at this stage and that'll help to kick it back into growth again but there's lots of burning remember we had three we, it's, it's hard to remember now but we had three really uh wild storms this year that were very damaging on evergreen trees and it'll always be on the on the Westerly side, or, or wherever the wind was prevailing during those storms. That was an easterly,
1: most well, well, there you, it, you go. Yeah, it's on the yeah, easterly yeah. sides of yeah. it. Yeah. So I think uh, anyway. Well, yeah, listen, you're so. not going to argue with me on no, that. No. Now, uh, hi, Vivenborg. I sprayed my potatoes with bluestone and washing soda, an old remedy. Yeah. And all the stalks are burned and huh. gone black. Do you think they will come back? First of all, they sprayed the, the, the it's It's and She sprayed them last Saturday. I had a great crop of stalks until then. She says.
0: Okay, and we we did mention the blight warning last last uh, last week. My advice really when if you're treating potatoes, use the bare potato blight treatment. That's specifically yeah. for them. Bluestone and, and washing soda is an old treatment that was used for many years. And the the trouble with it is it can be caustic. And, and if you don't mix it correctly or if you don't use the right um, amount of water on it, it, it has that burning effect and, and um, can damage the foliage of plants. That's tempor- temporarily, so that will come back again. So, anything that's gone brown or damaged, just trim that off, Maureen, um, and give them a feed and, and they'll kick back into growth again.
1: What type of soil for hydrangeas? We planted a lot of hydrangeas three years ago and some have done no good at all. Birds yeah. are, are, were rooting around them and we thought that was why we use ericaceous compounds.
0: Well, ericaceous, so so with hydrangeas, and look, you've got different types of hydrangeas, but if you think of acyl, balmolish, where the soil is acidic, what color are the hydrangeas? They're predominantly deep pink.
1: Are these the red ones on the main or road? The main road? Off, just after off the wild ones? No, you're they?
0: thinking of rhododendrons at the oh, moment. Hydrangeas fl- yeah, flower later on in the summer. But where you've got acidic soil, they tend to be shades of dark red and blue in yes. colour. Round Round Castlebar in the Midlands, because the soil is limey, yes. they tend to be light pink and lighter in colour. White hydrangeas will hold their colour, actually, irrespective of the soil. So hydrangeas, I suppose what I'm saying is, hydrangeas will grow in any type of soil, but their flower colour will will change. Hydrangeas... The name means hydro water so hydrangeas are very they need uh, soil that retains moisture um, so they dislike a, a free draining soil uh, they tend to dry out too quickly. They're also a very hungry plant because they're growing from literally nothing to produce these big flower, yeah. flowers during the summer. So make sure they don't dry out and make sure you feed them well. So I normally feed my own hydrangeas at least twice in the year so give them a, an application of the Osmo Pro 6 now and um there's no need to wash them just yet, but if we did get into dry weather, give them good soaking as well.
1: Uh, what do you recommend for driveways, the weeds and driveways? Uh, well, and there's,
0: look at there's plenty of of um, going your local garden centre. There's plenty of path treatments uh, specifically for paths, pathways, and driveways. They tend to have a, a contact and a residual. A mixture, so it'll kill the weeds and it'll stop them from growing again. And today would be a good day to do that.
1: Just Portuguese laurel hedges. What's the best time to take cuttings? Autumn.
0: I I normally would do them in September, October is a good time for hedging in general and Portuguese laurel as well. Short cuttings, about six inches long, and exactly how I described taking the cuttings earlier on. Um, you know, with the with the rooting powder and the perlite and
1: so on. I would like to ask Porig, how best to manage this overgrown heather plot. It flowered in May. It is right. twenty years old. Would be very grateful for your advice. This is across my line, a listener. Isn't that beautiful? There? It is,
0: yeah. And, and heather mm. is terrific like this for for covering the ground. Like, and yeah. um, now the, the the treatment with heather is very very simple. We you. You cut it immediately after flowering. So this is one of the the kind of late winter, spring varieties. So it flowers. It probably was in flower from March right through till the end of May. And it's actually at the end of May, you trim it back. So I would give that a light trimming back, taking off about six inches. So get a little hedge trimmers.
1: Now? Yes, now.
0: Trim it back and that'll stimulate new growth, not too severely, about six, six to eight inches of growth. Give it a feed, and the new growth that it produces this year will carry the flowers next year. And particularly for young heathers, as soon as they finish flowering, trim them back.
1: Look yeah. at this tree here.
0: Yeah, that's uh, a Piscia.
1: What's happened Wind to Wind close out uh, there. Yeah, a my, I, I, yeah that's my, a Piscia.
0: It's one of these it's, cone-shaped it's, Piscia, and it's gone brown. Yeah.
1: What's, well, the, what's about, the question? What, what feeding? Would feeding help? Well, look,
0: at it's in, it's in a pot, and the pot is actually... A a bit small for it now, I would imagine that's been in the pot for quite a while. So definitely it's uh, it's hungry and ideally I would move it out of that pot and plant it into the ground because I think it's only going to get worse. Feeding will give a temporarily, temporarily kind of um, kick to new growth, but it's not going to solve the problem. So really my advice, Phil, is get that out of that pot if you can and into your garden soil and plant up the pot with something new, a, a younger plant again. I mean, plants in pots are never going to live forever in the pot. You yeah. either have to repot them into bigger pots. Or you've got to, you know, put them in for a couple of years, enjoy
1: them, and then move them on into the garden soil. Uh, could you please recommend uh, some, or uh, give advice on uh, getting rid of green flies for my pepper plants? The listener uh, would like to minimise chemicals?
0: Yeah, so, well, well, a safe treatment to use is to use the, um, the bulk Clear. Bug Clear is an organic treatment. It's made actually from rapeseed oil. So it's very safe to put on the likes of chilli plants and mix it up in in a little watering can or sprayer, apply it to the the chilli plant and that'll solve the problem. I mean, the other way you can do it is physically remove them. You can literally just wipe them off the chilli plant if it's just one plant.
1: I have a listener here who sent us in a picture of a potato leaf. And look yeah. at the black spots on it. Is yeah, that
0: that's a, that, no, that's not no. blight. That's just just leaf spot, uh, which is a, a fungal disease on on potatoes. Um, so, if you are using the bearer treatment, that will correct that problem as well. So, generally, what you'll find with blight is you'll have uh, brown spots with yellow around the edge. The leaf will be quite yellow as well. It'll be sickly in colour, and the growth will start to you know it'll start to go back and start to rot.
1: A listener planted basil indoors, and well there's a few tiny hopping white insects in the saucer. Yeah. What could be causing them? Look. Well, look, you're going to get
0: what we call there they are, look, yeah, gnats. flies. and these Nash are gnat, k n or g n a t, I should say. They're on the compost. And they're generally attracted uh, a bit like fruit flies onto the, the damp compost. As long as there's nothing on the basil itself, it'll be perfectly fine. I wouldn't bother treating it at all. The plant itself actually is about six inches high and you need to start trimming it now. Start using that basil because a bit like the lawn, it'll start to thicken out the plant and give it a nicer, healthier plant for the summer and a great time of year for sowing basil
1: OK we've about uh, 45 seconds left on the show let's go through some of the stuff we talked about earlier on
0: OK well let me tell you what I'm going to be doing this, this weekend so first of all I'm going to be watering anything in containers and liquid feeding at the same time so really giving plants a really good soaking I'm going to be planting summer colour so the dwarf dahlias the begonias the diases, all the plants I mentioned get them into the garden soil do up your hanging baskets, window boxes and containers. I'm going to be bringing the garden hoe, the wolf hoe for a spin as well because this sort of weather weeds die away as soon as you you cut them, they die away immediately. So it's a really good time to do that. Um, I'm going to be planting up tomatoes this weekend. I'm going to be using the tumbler variety particularly in pots and containers because they're they're it's a really good variety uh, to plant. Um, so what else am I doing uh, this weekend? The pruning back of any spring flowering plants that like that customer mentioned or that listener mentioned about the um, clematis to certainly get, get rid of those. They're the sort of jobs, Viv. Vi- vi- the feeding of plants, planting in particular, planting of colour and watch for the slugs. Get okay, down that copper tape. And the most tape.
1: important thing as always is to get out to the garden. Enjoy it. Enjoy your garden. We're back again next Saturday morning. Thanks to Teresa who looked after us on the phones. Thanks, Teresa. That's where we got to leave it. And we'll talk to you next uh, Saturday morning, just after nine.